Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore O-R-L. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. And on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And vamos Orlando.
How you doing, everyone? Welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando. It's Monday, August the 1st, 8.40 p.m. Thank you so much to everybody that's uh, online right now. We're about 12 people live. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, before we start and give the mic to, to my colleagues here, I want to thank everybody. We're growing little by little. We're almost at 423 subs, so thank you so much for all your support. Uh, check us out at Twitter at LPO underscore podcast. We're also live on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando and also on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. Click on, the notifica- uh, click on the notification bell for all notifications so you can get all the latest and greatest for the city beautiful. So thank you so much to everyone that's supporting us day in and day out on our social media uh, from the bottom of our hearts. So um, again, welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando. There's a lot to talk about. Um it's been, uh, you know, a, a little sour after uh, the performance of Orlando City, the latest performance of Orlando City. Um, it was a uh, climax in one game and ecstasies and, uh, you know, uh, you know, happiness and flowers and rainbows and, you know, you know, everything you want to say. Um, you know, we are the champions by Queen was playing in the background. And then the next the next game, it was just completely utter disorder and chaos and insanity, right? So we're going to discuss both games. Uh, we're also going to uh, introduce Wilder Cartagena, the new signing for Orlando City that's joining in the next few few hours into the City Beautiful. It's probably arriving very soon. He already said goodbye to his former club. Uh, we'll talk about that and more. And... Um, does parking the bus work for Orlando City? Um, and 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 wait for 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 them to react. Was this a player's um, performance? It was just utterly poor. Was it the coach? We'll talk about that and more. Dave, how are you, my friend? Welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando. Doing great. Uh, happy Monday to everybody. Um, what can we say? Uh, Wednesday was uh, night. Uh, night that we have dreamed of, I uh, was there with my children, and uh, we just uh, we were in cloud on, on cloud nine. Um, I think everybody, nobody outside of the fan base of Orlando, in, in probably half of the fan base of Orlando, I would say, believed that we were gonna win or do any damage. Um, I uh, I heard uh, Paola and her soon-to-be husband's uh, podcast Tiro de Esquina, where Paula was describing, and obviously I don't want to get ahead of myself, but describing how she felt we were going to go to penalties, and that's exactly how I felt. Uh, And fortunately for us, we played uh, such beautiful attacking football. I was was done father. I couldn't believe it. Left with the hopes that uh, Sunday was going to be different. We started that way, and unfortunately we did not end it that way. But it is what it is. Like you said, uh, we have our... New player, Wilder Cartagena. And, uh, you know, we have uh, – I, I crunched some numbers again. I crunched some numbers again. We're going to be talking about how our August looks like, our September looks like, because it's going to be a race for seventh place here. Uh, there's a lot of teams uh, in that uh, the consolida- consolidated area in the, uh, in the standings. And uh, nonetheless, my friends uh, – I still believe. I still believe that we can do it. Paola, how are you? Welcome. 
Happy, happy Monday with my two favorite people of Mondays. I'm, have you ever heard about Sour Patch Kids? I'm a Sour Patch, but backwards. First they're sweet, then they're sour. That's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> we, were, we were dreaming on Wednesday. Yesterday, I was sour. Um, we were we're going to talk about it later. Um, I talked about yesterday in my podcast with my um, fiance in Tiro de Esquina in Spanish. Um, it was a dream come true. But uh, listen... We, we, we need to be better at the attacking, but um, let's, let's, let's see. Let's talk about what, what are we going to talk about today, um, Luis? So let's start with uh, what happened, you know, the happiness, right? The good moments, right? Let's talk about uh, that outstanding performance Orlando City had. Everything worked. Uh, it was a 5-1 uh, win, uh, you know, a goleada. That's why I say it in Spanish, right? A goleada. A five-one against a, a team that it was—it's been hard to to beat uh, New York Red Bulls um, this year. So <clears throat> it was a a reindication to a lot of the players, you know, uh, to to the coaching staff and, and to the city. Right? I think uh, a lot of people. It was their first time going to the to a game, to Orlando City game. Uh, I know for a lot of friends that went, and um, they were surprise it's like oh my god i never seen this performance in the, in the past for from orlando city i'm so dumbfounded I, I think this is fantastic and the future looks bright right uh let's start with that you know and let's start with this guy right here right um this guy's so vital uh to orlando city and not only uh as a captain but not only he's has stepped up as a captain but also as a playmaker right uh and i think uh well deserved um, you know, uh, doblete or a brace from uh, Cesar Araujo, right? Which he scored um, his first two goals in his uh, short career as a soccer player. You know, uh, first two goals ever in any club. He scored them here in the city of Orlando. So uh, it's a uh, homage to his uh, great performances uh, recently, uh, how he's been playing and you know, definitely he should have been, uh, you know, some sort of all-star capability because he's playing a very high level. Obviously, Orlando's a small market. They're not going to put Orlando City in the in the all-star game, unfortunately. I think uh, if Orlando does win the U.S. Open Cup, uh, more than likely we'll probably be on the next uh, MLS, uh, MLS all-star. But <clears throat> now my concern here is, the disparity, right, of, of outstanding performance. Uh, everything worked. Everything clicked, right? Um, the defense was uh, 9 out of 10. The transition attack, they were attacking compactly. Um, every single player was a playmaker in, uh, right up front. And then going from that to losing a game in stoppage time. Uh, Dave, what are your expectations? Are your first expectations coming out of this game? Uh, historic game. Now we're on the finals. We're going to play Sacramento Republic, right? Um, USL team, which we cannot take them lightly either. No, let's let's treat them with a lot of respect, right? Let's not just jump the wagon. And, uh, you know, what were your first thoughts of, of this match? No, absolutely. So obviously, by the time we we left Exploria, we did not know who our opponent was gonna be. 
Uh, but uh, we knew that I had said it in the last episode. I felt that Sporting Kansas City is having such an awful season. And I felt that Sacramento Republic, uh, they're dangerous. They, they have not been given a reprieve. They are here because they are that good. I feel that um, this uh, run is going to give them a lot of empowerment in their quest for USL Cup. Uh, so, so, so yeah, so they're, they're going to be a very tough opponent. They have slayed up a bunch of dragons, uh, coming to this game and they have, uh, something to prove, you know, they were given a MLS expansion bid. Uh, unfortunately their main investor pulled out. And so now they're in a limbo. We don't know if they're going to be part of MLS or not. Uh, some people are saying that this fall, they are going to announce that that bid is going to go to Vegas. Oh, uh, so you know, they, these are people with a lot to prove. Was Las Vegas lights? Uh, no, not the lights. Uh, the, it's gonna go to the ownership of the Raiders. That's uh, and and they're gonna be playing in the, in that stadium. Um, but it, but uh, one thing that uh, has to be clear is, you know, I understand why everybody wants to support um, the the Republic because you know they're the little guys, and if I was a uh, uh, neutral, probably that's how it would have felt. Everybody loves the underdog story, but September seventh is all business. Uh, nobody has nobody has believed in us. The world's against us. Um, this is how we're probably, quite honestly, our uh, our most realistic chance of winning Open Cup. You couldn't ask for it any better. Hollywood couldn't have not written a better way for us. We, we played every game at home. We are playing against uh, quote-unquote inferior competition from an inferior league. We have to win this. We, we just have to. We just have to. It's a real trophy, a trophy that we have been chasing since 2011 and one that is going to send us to uh, CONCACAF Champions League to face international competition. So, uh, like I said, uh, me and my children, we just had a great time. Um you know, we went down. I felt, oh, here we go again. But we came back. Um, and, and I finished with this because it was a great night, uh, full of tons of goals. Uh, I think um, the surprise of the night is Cesar Araujo. Cesar came from uh, Montevideo Wanderers, uh, a middle-of-the-table team, one of the smallest teams in uh, in the league, um, one of the smallest uh, fan base. You know, the, the, the kid was sold for, for peanuts, $3 million. And uh, and I say that sarcastic because, you know, $3 million is a lot of money. But the fact of the matter is, is that Wonder sold him simply because their debt was so out of control. They were afraid that the club was going to die on them. And they had this asset. Orlando City came knocking, and they did not hesitate to sell him. It was in the same saga as with uh, Facundo. So, obviously, he fell under the radar. I mean, this man displaced Sebas Mendes, a Ecuadorian international, a guy that was a pencil in the player in the, in the starter sheet, and he took his starting spot right, off, right in front of him, you know, the, the hero of the uh, last tournament. So, uh, the, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that he got those two goals. It was a great, uh, it was a great night. He got the, everybody pumped up, but unfortunately, 
that same feel good uh, Kool Aid did not carry on for the weekend. Paula, uh, you know, this particular game, uh, everything worked, everything clicked. Uh, what were your observations of this game? Beautiful football. Like they play beautiful football. Like I never seen Orlando City play so well, like in, in Wednesday night. And like David said, I said it yesterday when Red Bull scored that goal, that first goal, I was like, OMG, we're going to penalties. Cause I didn't say we're gonna we're gonna lose. We're going into penalties because we're always concede the first goal or we're there's we tied at the, like really fast. And what happens? Two minutes or a minute and a half, Cesar Araujo, boom, he scored. And it, it was a special night for me because I never seen Orlando City uh lift a trophy. And um, I took a, a, a picture with Facundo. Um, like, it, it was special. I met people from, I have them on, on Twitter. Special shout out to Alex, uh, Mike, uh, Victor. I saw them in the West Club and, and I, I, I took pictures with them. And I saw Orlando City playing beautifully football. And I don't understand why we cannot play every single um, game like we played on Wednesday. So we were connected. And, and I said it yesterday. I think the secret was Mauricio Pereira's hair. I don't know. I think he the the guy the guy was missing that that hairstyle that is looks fantastic on him. But we, like without him, we're 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 nothing on the on the on the court like w like I don't know but I like what what I saw on Wednesday we need to continue play like this and David said it Sacramento is hungry it's not gonna be oh is that USL um team mm -mm. it's not gonna be easy they're really hungry they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna I think it's gonna be the best the biggest headache that we're gonna have this season. So I hope that we're gonna we're gonna see a couple of goals on September. And I wanna be I wanna see that uh trophy lift on, on September. So no pressure guys. No, you know, uh, for sure. I, I just think that uh you know we have to be very careful with Sacramento Republic. Uh, we cannot take them any lightly. Uh, before I go with my overview of this game, I'm going to go ahead and read some comments here. Uh, let's see here. Muy Rico Suave says, we have to go all out. Muy Rico Suave says, I agree. We cannot go easy on them. Citrus FC, there's no way Orlando City are only focusing on the Open Cup. MLS clubs don't have to worry about club competitions as much as the rest of the world. We're just poor finishing in DC match. I, I could hardly agree. Um, I think it was subpar finishing. And this is this has been a problem um, for the last, I will say the last two seasons. Um, it, it, I want to be correctly. It, it's not just this season. It's been also last season as well. Uh, because, you know, we didn't have Daryl DK. Um, he, he was injured. He was off international duty, things like that. DJ Thompson, there he's a definitely more of a six. Uh, we'll talk about Willer Cartagena. I think a lot of uh, a lot of you will be surprised of my assessment of Willer Cartagena, uh, and some people may not like what I say too. Jim D, let's hear about the new Peruvian uh, midfielder. Uh, he's more of a six or a ten. 
I'm hoping he can play more on the attacking side and maybe is similar to Yoshi. Well, let's see. Nijay Thompson, generally don't know how we have a huge shift from the cup to the league. It's a mystery to me. That's right. So um, I could hardly agree with Nijay Thompson, right? And I think uh, in this particular match, it was the unpredictability of Orlando City that definitely won this game. Uh, New York thought Orlando City was going to line up with the same system that they've been playing Orlando for the past few games. And it, it all surprised that Pato was um, right behind the, the striker and the striker was Benji Michel. That threw him off right there. And uh, one thing that Benji has on his favor is his speed. And he had a phenomenal game there. That game was a phenomenal game in the matter of trying to hold up the ball, trying to be a speedster. And Sean Neely's had a terrible game. That's another thing. Also, uh, Aaron Long. They, they, they couldn't contain uh, either Pato or Benji Michel, two players that have a change of speed, especially Alexandre Pato, right? Then on the wings, Junior Urso, the last two games, he's played phenomenally, I'm going to say. I think uh, this last one, he also did a, a golazo uh, and, a, and a beautiful goal, but he was playing phenomenally right there on the right wing. So I think Apareja right there has options. Um, the, the, the back four were great. And obviously the best player of the game in this five, one was Cesar Araujo. Why? Because it's just, um, you know, Frankie Amaya and Cáceres try to do their own play and try to play aggressively. And Araujo was right there to stop them on their, on, on their tracks. They already learned their lesson. Frankie Amaya try to, um, go left. He will go left. He'll recoup the ball, go in transition attack with Pato, Urso, and Torres right there. So it just kind of worked in Orlando's favor. The good thing about it was the finishing in this game was perfect. Everything worked. Every single shot, every single you know goal uh, meant a lot, and it, it worked, right? Um, now, consistency, right? That's what Paula was saying. Consistency was uh, is something that's missing in this Orlando team. Now, um, I'm very happy that the, the the game on Sunday at least they tied. Uh, I mean, at least at least they it was two one because it could have been worse. Uh, in, in my opinion, it could have been worse. And then if it would have been more than two goals, then we would have been having another conversation in a different tone of voice for sure. But um, we cannot have those moments. And I think there's times to park the bus, and there are times not to park the bus. In this case, against New York Rebels, everything went, went great because Orlando had the stamina. They knew how to win at home. They, you know, Not only that, but the crowd was like amazing, I'm going to say. The wall, the people in every single seat were chanting, cheering. They were the 12th man, and that motivates players, right? It says that Araujo's family was also there. I think his girlfriend was there. Um, same with um, Benji's and, and you know, everyone was there. Uh, Galese's family, everyone was there. So it was very motivating, very motivating for the for the players to to play this a make or break game. Right. Because essentially they're playing for for their season in this U.S. Open Cup, in my opinion. Right. For a lot of players, too. Right. So um they did their job and, and they executed it perfectly and uh new york rebels uh honestly they attempted and uh, i expected more of lewis morgan and uh thank thankfully he only scored one on us 
before, uh, there's been times he scored more than two or uh, have done a goal and an assist. This time it was just one goal and then Orlando City scored five. So now we're onwards to the finals, right, Dave? Against Sacramento United. What are your expectations of this game coming up against uh, Sacramento? Well, I have to tell you, uh, Sacramento is uh, it's a very good team. They won uh, USL in 2014, our last year in the league. Um, they have a very devoted fan base. They really remind me of who we were uh, back in uh, in the USL years. So they're gonna be dangerous. They're gonna they're gonna be bringing a nice contingent of fans. I think that the factor here is gonna be what happens before the game. We are playing Sunday in Miami. Big question: What do we do? Do we let the Miami Sweat Hogs? <laughs> Like so, people have been calling them, get the win. Do we say our B team? What do we do? If you ask me, my friends, there's nothing more that I like than to beat Miami, sweeping for the season, and go on social media and and laugh at them. But the fact of the matter is, is that Wednesday is for all the marbles. That's to me the important thing. Sacramento, on the other hand, is going to be playing Saturday in Louisville, another great team. Uh, we're former affiliate, um, and uh, it's it's uh, Louisville's not gonna take it easy on them. They're not gonna take it easy on them, and so again, they will have to make that decision. So they're gonna be on the road for a while. Take it easy on them. I don't know if they're gonna go. They'll be going back to California and then to Orlando. Makes no sense to me, but it, it, you know, because of the this, the cost savings of hotels or whatnot. That could be a possibility. So we're coming into the game with one less day of rest. Fortunately for us, our away day is four hours down the turnpike. Uh, so um, at the end of the day, if this, this is where I get concerned. D.C. is not – Sacramento is better than D.C. Sacramento is better than the Sporting Kansas City, which is a, another uh, bad team in MLS. And uh, I'm, I, I, I'm here to tell you that Sacramento can beat D.C. in their current form. I know the media is making a lot about Rooney. Wayne Rooney was a non-factor here, friends. This is, this is just PR trying to hype up this man and uh, trying to sell tickets in a, in a season that it's going nowhere for those guys. They're gonna, probably going to get the wooden spoon. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Cincinnati is happy about that. And I finish with this. Um, it, it's going to be a dangerous game. But we just got to remind ourselves all that we had to do to get to get here. Paola said it. Again, I'm stealing from her uh, Spanish language podcast. We've been at this since April. We can't let some USL team to waltz in and steal this from us. We, the, the, the right, as, last time I checked, less than 5,000 uh, tickets were available. We need to pack the house. We need Correct. to have men like, uh, like uh, Luis said. We need to support our boys. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. My boys don't remember the last time we left the uh, trophies because they were very little. I want to be with them. I want to take the picture. I want to I wanna be that obnoxious guy. I think, you know, in, if there's anything in the universe that needs to come together, it's for us to win. We have to play as if we were playing uh, Red Bulls, as if we were playing... Uh, Arsenal, because it, it seems, Luis, Paolo, it seems like those are the two games that jump at, the, uh, at our face, because or that was an Orlando City that 
that I don't know what happened. They probably went in the witness protection program or something because we haven't seen them. We didn't, definitely we did not see them uh, for the second half of uh, Sunday. So we, that's what we have to do. Uh, if we lose, if we lose, you know that you, you hate the Wayne Rooney video. If we lose, they're going to be bringing this up. It's going to be like what is the 28-3 for Atlanta Falcons fans. It's gonna any any argument, anything that you have to say about Orlando City in the future, people are gonna bring the memes and the pictures of Sacramento Republic lifting the trophy in our house. We cannot let that happen. Paul, um, I, what are your thoughts um, of of what's coming with Sacramento Republic? I have not had the opportunity to see Sacramento. Um, played because I was I know that um Sacramento played the same night that we played um I only watch like 10 minutes and I fall asleep <laughs> um I know that number 99 I think he played a midfielder position I don't know he's the little bit that I saw from him he was kind of dangerous I could be talking trash or or not talking you know um good about him but I know that whatever we they they ate that day versus Arsenal and Rebels, they they have to do the same thing um, for this game. Like David said, um, I don't know. They they need to be consistency. Like I will sacrifice Miami on that Sunday so I can see fanatics like us that trophy be lifted on Wednesday night. Get your tickets. Like Luis said, we did a lot of noise on that Wednesday game. I didn't like I still have I'm recovering from my voice. <laughs> I'm not 100%. I scream a lot. I screamed a lot. Um on Wednesday night, it was like it was a happy moment. Let's 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 do it again, boys. Like let's do it again. So I I cannot Say a lot about Sacramento. I know they're hunt like we're gonna see blood as but we have to play as the same statistics that we played on Wednesday night. That's all um, that I have to say. You know, men by men, Orlando is a superior team than Sacramento. Uh mano a mano, right? Men against a one v one, they're Orlando's a superior team. And I think the players need to realize that. They need to realize that. Uh, you know, even Benji, even Tesho, they're superior than Sacramento. Now, I'm not saying that they need to come out, you know, just like, uh, you know, just like Peru in the qualifiers against Australia and feeling like they're, you know, better than the other team, you know, the, the rival, and they're going to win no matter what. No, no, no. You got to put in the work and uh, you got to be effective. You have to score in the first 15 minutes so you can just set the tone right. Uh, you are a, an MLS team. Uh, and uh, you need to score in the first 15 minutes. And then after the 15 minutes, you evaluate, regroup, water break, two more goals. And then and then that's it. And then if you want to park the bus being up 3-0, three, three then park the bus if that's what you want to do. But um, you, you definitely do not want to do that when you're winning 1-0 one, one because then it could bite you. Unfortunately, um, now – Soccer, just I think I'm going to take it from Dave. It's cruel and unpredictable. It, it is true. I mean, um, that's the beauty of the sport. The, the smallest club can ruin, the, you know, 
you know, Sheriff FC, Sheriff's FC from Moldavia, all right, they beat Real Madrid with their A team, okay, with Benzema, with Tony Kroos, with Marcelo, with everyone, all the monsters. It was like the Looney Tunes against the Monstars. So uh, uh, this is this could be the same thing. Now we have to be right up here. So if you, you tell me what's the priority, the U.S. Open Cup. Um, now, what do you do against Miami? You go with the spirit of winning for sure, but you put an alternate team. You give um, Thomas Williams uh, to be one of your center backs. Uh, maybe you pair him with uh, Robin Jensen or maybe Rodrigo Schlegel right there uh, because Miami is not doing really great either. So, and these are the games against DC, against the bottom of the league, that Orlando needs to show that they're the better team, they're the better squad. Now, yes, this is a derby, right? You want to win it. Okay. Well, you have a final coming up too, which is, it means more than just this trophy. It means putting the moniker champion next to the name Orlando, which is huge. No team any sport has it has been able to do that i'm talking about major sport not usl not solo bears no no no. major not the orlando predators no major sport so i mean it's huge the implications are huge uh it could bring a lot of tourism also to orlando uh, for next year when when there's Concacaf, because there's a lot of people from nicaragua a lot of people from el salvador a lot of people from guatemala if, let's say we get Comunicaciones, we get Alajuelense from Costa Rica. There's a lot of Costa Ricans in Orlando. So, you know, these are opportunities for Orlando to make a bus, explore it to make a bus. And the people who like to be on camera outside the stadium, they'll have a chance to be shown internationally. So, so um, you know, uh, the wall, I don't know how they're going to go ahead and, and curse the other team. I don't know if their Spanish is very good, but, you know, they're going to have the chance to, to, to do that. Hopefully we don't get sanctioned, right? But, you know, there you go. Orlando will have the chance to do that. And not only that, just these players, that whether you like them or not, are inconsistent this season because it, it shows that they're being inconsistent, especially in these two back-to-back -back games. You know, heaven and hell, that's what the reason of the title of this show today. Um, they're going to be cemented in the history of this club. And in my opinion, I think they deserve they deserve to be part of the, of the history of this club. Same with Pareja. Because when we had Inchi, when we have uh, Tony uh, Wiesinger Christ, I mean, that was, that, was, that was disgusting. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And so the franchise has turned around. And I think this will be a great finale possible finale for a lot of the players and maybe maybe sign up to continue in, in in orlando but they gave the city something they, they gave the city the, the people that supported them day in and day out rain or shine you know thunderstorm till one in the morning or 12 at night they supported them waited for them outside gate d to sign their jerseys those people those fans right right for them right this is for them so hopefully they wake up out of this really fast 
And uh, in my opinion, I think uh, Orlando needs to prioritize the U.S. Open Cup and uh, send a send send an alternate squad. You know, with some starters and 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 you know, we have a good. You know, Brendan Hackenberg is a great asset. Uh, uh, Otero is a great keeper. Greeny, he's right there too. I mean, he, so I think we should do that. Uh, let's read some comments before we go to the next topic, real quick. This is Colin Garvey. Sacramento is is only fifth in the West in USL right now. I trust, but I trust Pareja to learn their weaknesses. The players need to follow through. I I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. It's not just Pareja. We cannot just say, oh, you know, we park the bus. You know, no, it's also the players. There's lack of finishing. We've been saying this since the beginning of the show. No one can seem to finish the attacking play. Now, everything worked against New York, but it didn't work against D.C., which should be a subpar team, the New York Red Bulls. It should be, a, you know, they're on the bottom of the table. So what happened? I don't know. Uh, it says Ahmed uh, uh, Salim. I want to say hello to Ahmed Salim. Thank you so much. We cannot underestimate underestimate Sacramento. We've done it with other teams, which we thought should be easy wins, and he came back to bite us. Have uh, have to treat Sacramento like Red Bulls and Arsenal. That's what Dave said. I think that's correct. Jim D. Yep, Miami match. Send the bus down there and park it. Let let the starters rest. This is a match where a puppy special will be perfect. Get one lucky goal, then park it. I I I second that, in my opinion. I I think as a as a live in Orlando, grew up in Orlando, went to school in Orlando, got married in Orlando. Uh, this is huge. Uh, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, Nijay Thompson, that's what concerns me. I hate losing derbies, but the cup final is far bigger. Go ahead, Dave. I was, I was just agreeing with the, the, the listener. Oh, I mean, not uh, for nothing. I, I already went to Publix and got my silver polishing kit. So, so we just gotta win. We just gotta win. Um, and um, oh, anything, any thoughts about pa Pato struggling there from our friend uh, Dennis Simmons? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a thing. He has a bad case of the of the, uh, the yips or the yips, however you say it. Uh, he just have to, he just have to snap out of it. He just has to snap out of it. He has to start believing in himself. Uh, I feel that once he gets a goal, there's gonna be another and another and another. Pato's a player of quality. Pato has a name, and uh, you know somebody in the uh, locker room needs to grab him and say, "Hey, Alexander, have you seen yourself in the mirror this morning? You are Pato, and that's, that's right. right. You're that's Pato. Exactly have, you, right. have you seen the name behind on the back of your jersey? You know what I'm saying? You have won." And you have yes. played in places that some of these people we are, are never gonna even be able to are gonna be able to afford a ticket <laughs> to attend. Yeah, I know. Okay, that's why he that's somebody needs to tell him that sometimes we forget we we get lost uh, on on our way because you know we want to be humble we want to be team players but you know somebody somebody just needs to just smack this guy in the face and say guess what buddy today's the day you're gonna show people why you are who you are. And that's it. This is a man that uh, has played with the national team of one of the biggest powerhouses on earth. You know, that's, yeah. that's it. 
Yeah. AC Milan, I, I still remember, you know, he's won, uh, Bato has won everything. And, and, and that's what I say, Dave, you know, um, we, Orlando has the pedigree players to get, lift this U.S. Open Cup. I mean, uh, Orlando has the players to lift this U.S. Open Cup uh, trophy. Um, you know, and I know for a fact that if Pato gets to lift this trophy, this is going to be a reivindication from a lot of the haters from down south, I'm talking about South America, that thought that Pato coming to the MLS and signing one more season with Orlando, it was a horrible decision. Not only that, but to people that feel that Pato is a player that's done. Don mm -hmm. Dada, right? I don't believe that. And I think it will be a slap in the face to all those people. What are and, your thoughts there? No, absolutely, Luis. You mentioned that uh, this past week, uh, this content is in Spanish. I, I, I watch uh, – uh, there's a show down in uh, Uruguay called Tirando Paredes or – uh, throwing down walls that's the translation of the show and it's a football show uh the 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 talent that they have very good they have this 20 year old 22 year old girl that can run circles around us when it comes to her football knowledge um anyhow um and they interviewed uh facundo torres uh agent who i had the pleasure of meeting uh, at, uh when facundo got here in town and um uh, you know, uh, basically, it was. It, I felt that the the show was a little bit of a bait and switch because they sort of brought him in to like trash MLS. Uh, you know, the people, the questions that were saying, they, "Oh, it's a retirement league. What is he doing there?" And when he described to the audience that the the quality of the stadiums, the quality of the facilities, things that I did not know. I mean, the guy went all out. Here in the states, we tend to, you know, when we watch MLS media, they tend to keep a lot of things close to their chest. This guy let all the secrets out, you know, how the TV structure. He's like, hey, you know, this is just a bunch of, this team is just a bunch of family men, church going dudes, uh, you know, calm people. These guys, they, they, you know, they go to each other's houses. They they have barbecues at each other's houses. They, they have this, this family atmosphere. They fight for each other. And, uh, you know, he, to be honest with you, I left very impressed about the quality of our league. And the reality is that a lot of those fans left with, in Uruguay, left with a, a different taste of what our league is. Um, and uh, so, I, and I think uh, we have discussed this before, Luis, where sometimes we find ourselves being like like MLS missionaries, you know what I'm saying? We have to convince people that our product is, is worthy of watching. Um, and, uh, and last, Facundo had an interview uh, with a morning, uh, uh, one of these, uh, uh, Good Morning America type of shows in Uruguay, and they asked him about uh, everything that was going on with him, and he revealed something that I was completely oblivious to. In the Uruguayan league, they play on Sundays. They play once a week, unless there's a cup game, which are very far in between. In between, most of the teams that he played against were 20 minutes away from his house, <laughs> because the the first division of Uruguayan football is heavily concentrated in Montevideo, in the city of Montevideo. So he's like, hey, look, look, you know, I just, I'll leave my house 20 minutes. I'm in, in so-and-so's team's uh, stadium, and we just play, boom, done. Here he's describing how he's playing one weekend in one part of the country, middle of the week, and then the next following weekend in another part of the country. And uh, he said that that uh, that was consuming a lot of the, a lot of that, that uh, getting used to, 
that uh, we attribute to to new players when they come from overseas. So so it's important to you know, to mention that um, before we move any further, I guess we can we can go into our our new signing, Luis. No, no, we can we can talk about DC. Uh, okay, okay. We, we haven't talked well, about know, DC. Uh, you know, all I gotta contribute about that it was just a bad game. Um, you know, uh, fell asleep on the wheel. Uh, the, those last two minutes, my neighbors learned uh, new bad words in Spanish, new curse words from me. Uh, hugely disappointing. Uh, probably, I don't know, heavy legs from Wednesday. I don't know what it was. Uh, we can't continue to lose against bottom feeders. DC gets to sweep us. But, you know, I, like I was telling a, 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 a friend today, um, the, the fact of the matter is that people tend to forget that last year we stunned them at Exploria with the DK uh, stoppage time goal. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, you know, I mean, we beat DC like a, like, a, like, a, like a stray dog. We beat them. And this year, unfortunately, they played us right after we're coming out of Open Cup games. One game we were trying a different formation. The other game, you know, we sort of, you know, left it all on Wednesday. Uh, uh, you know, um, I'm angry because I want to win. I'm a winner. I heard, you know, I have said this a thousand times. But, you know, it was a bad day at the office. Um, I can give you guys some 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 data that will hopefully uh, make it make the month of August more palatable. At the end of the day, you know, we just we just lost. That's it. Um, Paula, what were your thoughts uh, from starters in this DC game? Bad decisions all over. Bad decision from the players. Bad decision from the coaching staff. Um, we had opportunities that we couldn't finish. We had. I was counting right now. I was reading through the stats, and we missed more than four attempts. More than four attempts that we could score yesterday from the players. So it was just a bad day at the office. So it it is what it is. Um, I hate and thank you, David, for reminding the fans that we last year DK scored that stoppage time header in that game because people need to be reminded of those moments. Um, Rooney doesn't own us. It was just good luck. It was just luck for them yesterday. And we part. I don't know why the, the players parked the bus. Um, I, I really don't know. I cannot, I cannot talk from them because I was not at the game. I'm not a player for the Orlando city. Unfortunately, um, thank God we didn't lose like we lost on, on July 4th. That's all I, I have to say. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of factors that happen here. Um, again, the subs did not offer anything uh, to, to solve Orlando's problems, not only in attack. Uh, on the contrary, I believe that the exit of Mauricio Pereira changed the pace of the game completely. Um, his passing ability, you know, usually allows the team to sit, uh, sit deep a lot. And uh, unfortunately, uh, when he came out and Andres Perea came in, uh, it was just, it, I mean, I, I don't want to say this, but I mean, it's just, it was not the same. I mean, Perea is not a player that, I mean, it was constant turnovers, which uh, made, made it easy for DC to attempt the counterplay. And then you have, tired legs in the back you know you have uh 
amazing saves from Pedro Galese that he's not disappointed in this season completely at all. You have also great defending from Antonio Carlos, but then what about if one of them just happens to, you know, get tired, you know? So I think that's where I think what Paula was saying, the coaching needs to step up in the, in the game as, you know, who out of my back line I'm going to take out. Uh, should I take out this player? Uh, you know, maybe he'll be able to contain, you know, Funtas, right? Um, not just make rush decisions when it comes to the subs. Um, I mean, Kyle Smith, great defensive-minded player. There are game. There are going to be games for uh, Kyle Smith, but today, taking away your number ten and taking away Joan Moutinho, which had like I think over seventy-eight touches throughout the whole game, uh, or seventy-five touches, I think uh, that is what I wrote um, yesterday. Um, you take him out, and Orlando lost attacking prowess at, at that point, and so, and I know that maybe Pareja is looking at it in the fact of you know. Knee injury, potential knee injury from Mauricio Pereira. He needs to play the final. And then same with Moutinho, right? But when, if you're truly going to park the bus, you know, you just got to wait it out a little bit, you know, especially in stoppage time. Wait it out and then let's see how it plays out. Because this, against teams like DC, Miami, teams that are lower, uh, lower on the bottom of the league, those are the games Orlando needs to win. You know, um, Orlando won't be able to beat the Austins and the, you know, New York Red Bulls and the NYCFCs and, the, you know, all the time. We need to be able to know who we're facing and know that D.C., Miami, the lower bottom teams, we can definitely beat them. And we can also add pieces from OCB maybe to also assist on there with fresh legs. I think knowing when to change fresh legs and knowing when not to change fresh legs also, um, you know, messed up Orlando, in my opinion. And then poor finishing, which it's been, you know, the talk of the, the town since the beginning of the season and last season, too. You know, at some point people were saying, oh, but Nani is inconsistent. You know, but Nani was our playmaker. You know, now, now the hate goes on on who? On Pato? Who the hey goes now? Or, or to what, Facundo? No, I mean, it's just poor finishing. I mean, we need to be able to know that, um, you know, Urso's chip was fantastic, you know, but then, you know, you have missing opportunities from Alexander Pato, which should have scored at least a couple of those, and Benji Michel, you know, uh, and, and they need to take responsibility of their actions at that point, right? Um and uh, if they are our aces uh, to score goals, they need to live that part and make sure that that's getting done. Nothing, everything that happened against the New York Red Bulls completely failed in attack in this game. And, uh, you know, Urso, Urso had one of his best games thriving on that right wing, as I mentioned earlier. And then, you know, even though Pato and Michel were great at creating chances, they just couldn't. You just couldn't finish the play. And so that, to me, are the, the key points to, to focus on, right? What do we go from here? You know, what do we go from here is just attempt, just keep wanting to win games. And now we're playing against New England Revolution, another tough team. But, you know, we'll see what happens, right, uh, Dave? Uh, and, yes, there was a statement. I know Ahmed Salim says uh, – 
Yes, curious about Ursus statement as well. Any thoughts? Um, okay, let's put it on right here. I think I have it right here. I want to say hello to Austin, Austin David, a great guy. Says, listening back to yesterday's Orlando City presser, Junior Urso had an interesting answer to a question I asked him about Oscar and the second half defensive strategy. And it says, Oscar put it on the field to do what he said. He told us to keep the ball and try to find space to score goals. But sometimes we don't try that. Sometimes we just stay and wait for the team to come. But this is not an idea of Oscar's. I think we have to follow what he says, and sometimes we don't follow it. We just defend and wait for the other team. Uh, do you guys understand what he's saying? I, I, I can definitely have an idea what he's saying, but I want I want Dave to, to answer it first. And then yeah, sure. Uh, One-minute answer. Um, I think um, he's just doing what, uh, what a good uh, player does, take responsibility, deflect from his manager. Simple as that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, us in this podcast have been privileged about information of what's going on behind closed doors. And I'm not going to reveal the sources of what was said because it's counterproductive. I think some of the things that were said and that are going on need to be worked out among the players and the management um, I'm not going to throw out our team's dirty laundry out there. Uh, it's good to make analysis, but I just think it's if, if we give that information out to the fan base, it's just going to be counterproductive. Uh, there's a lot of people in our fan base that just thrive on chaos. Uh, I honestly don't understand why they follow the team or they follow the sport if everything is always negativity uh, and they're always looking for the next controversy so they can tweet and tag people and tag the club in it and we're not gonna be part of that trash uh so I, all i gotta say is is that orlando city is finding it's it, uh, it, it itself in a moment in a crossroads where they need to identify who they want to be they want to be uh, a team that leaves championships and goes to the playoffs and uh, commands a uh, respect when they step on the pitch Sells the defeat really uh, ex expensively and goes out and scores golazos, or they just want to be a doormat, which we have been under Jason Kreis, under uh, James O'Connor. That's that's basically it. I think I think uh, tomorrow when they return back to the training pitch, they are going to ju do just that. I, I know that some of the players are angry because we lost and they really, they really, really, really want to get back out there and prove that what they, what they are. But the players themselves, that they need to do some soul searching. I'm going to allow Oscar Pareja to fine tune his team and uh, also for the players themselves to sort out whatever it is that is, is, is an impediment. We can see that they can win. We, saw, we have seen that already with Arsenal, with Red Bulls. We can see that the, the team has a, you know, never say die attitude. We saw that with Nashville. We got to see that day in, day out, game gay out, uh, game out, because the fact of the matter is it's not going to get easy in August. At the end of this month, uh, just so you know, my friends, there's 15 points on the table. Uh, in the month of July, out of 18 points available, we only earned five. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. We're not the only team 
in MLS that had a really bad July. So those 15 points, three home games, two away, it's going to be against very good competition. But, again, you got to find a way. Busca la forma, like Oscar says. You have to be the protagonist. Uh, all these games are going to be on weekends, uh, with exception of the last game of the month, which is going to be uh, and on Wednesday on the 31st uh, of August. And in Seattle, we got to win. That's all. We got to win. We got to find a way. I'm not a magician. All I know is that I'm going to put my trust in the manager to do what he needs to be done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Paola, anything you want to say regarding the statement of Junior Urso? David said it all. It's leadership from Urso, what he's saying. Um, I think the boys needs to find their way like Arsenal and, and Red Bulls. The, the talent is there. It's not, we don't, it's not that we don't have talent. The talent is there. We just need to play like we have play, played with, with Arsenal and Red Bulls. Get I think they need just a, like a shake or something in the in the locker room and say, hey, um, probably they need that slap in the face from David to Pato or something and say, hey, pucker up. We're almost at the end of the uh, of the meet season. We need these important points. Let's let's get it out. So that's all I have to say. I mean, in, in, in my opinion, um, this statement, yes, it could be what Dave said, but it, it's also something that, you know, so Oscar in his practices preaches one thing. And then when the players uh, feel tired or maybe they are tired legs, they decide to change the the script without – I mean, Oscar finds out, obviously, right away, I'm sure. But that's exactly what he's saying, you know. And there's a lot of uh, – this is a South American thing. There's a lot of teams that do this down south. They, you know, the coach may be doing one thing. They, they have a plan. But then either somebody gets injured, somebody gets subbed out, and then they're like, okay, we're just going to go ahead and wing it, It's, it's you know, and, and kind of put a little bit of the pressure onto our back four. But sometimes that back four may be tired, right? And that back four may not may not have the legs to save your, you know, to save your your butt, right? So um, I think this is probably where it's hanging out, in my opinion. I, I just think that um, you know when you just defend and wait for the other team, meaning is you're not putting anything, you're not attacking back, so you're just holding up, holding on. And uh, again, you know, uh, the the defense the last few minutes had a terrible terrible game. Uh, they were outpaced. They were outpaced, and I think that's what happened. So um, they thought that just by holding the ball and and just waiting for them, it was going to be enough, and it was clearly was not. Uh, let's read some comments uh, and then go to the next topic real quick. Um, Seth Antonio Rodriguez says, honestly, if we win the cup and somehow make the playoffs still, then I'll consider this a season somewhat of a success. That was a very, uh, very bossy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think we have, an, we have a chance still to make the playoffs. We just got to win. You know, we just got to win. Uh, we cannot lose against DC and Miami. Colin Garvey, it could be possible that when the players are tired, and they're content to let Galese and the defenders bail us out. 
obviously that doesn't work for very long. I, I think it's exactly what I was saying. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's probably it. Um, Nijay Thompson, that makes me fear the manager is losing the room. Um, uh, on that, uh, Luis, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, on that, uh, one of our sources told us today that Oscar Pareja is very much in control of the locker room, that uh, he's still part of the, the decisions for recruiting, uh, for decision-making on the club, and for the uh, season moving forward. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, they can fire him. I mean, the, the, that's still on the table. I know there's a lot of people on social media that puts into question the veracity of our statements. People know who we are. The, my, my, my partners here in this podcast know who the sources are. We don't have to make up anything. We don't, we, we don't, we don't get anything. We don't win anything by lying to you. Anyhow. Uh, that's that's the that's the reality, and uh, you know, moving forward, uh, Oscar Pareja is the manager of this club at least until December. All right, it says uh, Seth Antonio Rodriguez. It says, is there any potential coaches any of you have in mind that could replace Pareja? Well, I can and can help us to be better tactically. I think we shouldn't sack Oscar Pareja, but instead let his contract run out this season. Um, yeah, Matias Almeida. He'll be a great manager. Um, Ricardo Gareca. Mm -hmm. right? uh, you know, he's not cheap. Um, Mohamed, he, he was playing in uh, Atlético Mineiro. Uh, he was just sacked recently. You got uh, Miguel Angel Ramirez, ex-Charlotte um, manager. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Miguel Angel Ramirez never had a chance no, he never did. Yeah. Um, the the organization of Charlotte, yeah, they're the newest kid in town, but they're they're running like the Panthers. So they're being run like like an NFL team. And that's not how you run a soccer team, in my opinion. Um, so um I think if they come to a he comes to a team that is um supported and the people around here they're they're more like the more likely to speak Spanish, he feels at ease. He can bring the, the, the people that he wants to bring over. And he's not in post players or players that have to play. Because um, he has zero tolerance for indiscipline. Miguel mm -hmm. Diego Alonso is another he, he could uh, Diego Alonso, too. He never got a chance in, uh, in Miami. In absolutely not. Gabriel Heinze in Atlanta United, same thing. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to stand for indiscipline and players getting led into practice. Players don't coming to practice, and um, these are people that are workaholics, just like Oscar Pareja is. But obviously, they've been players that have played World Cups. So Gabriel Heinze has played World Cups. He knows what it takes to win. He knows uh, what it takes to qualify to the World Cup. He knows, mm -hmm. you know, he and he's a great. He's what he did at Vélez Arfield was tremendous. So I think those are, are some options. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead, Luis. Is, uh, he has the case of the Rivas, probably mm. Pato. No, I was going to say with uh, with Atlanta, they allowed a player run the run the show. And, you know, they look look at look at the state of the club right now. And, again, you know, we should never allow that to happen here in Orlando, ever. No, Nobody's name in the back of the jersey is always is ever going to be bigger than the name in the front. And uh, like all these managers that we name that have been sacked or let go, or have moved on from MLS, they have done so because 
the like you said, front office never respected their character, their work ethic, and never respected the football. And that's the reason why those teams are who they are and they are where they are on the table. Right. And, uh, you know, um, we're going to keep reading your comments. Keep keep dropping uh, your comments over. Um, we'll go to the next topic, uh, the last topic of the, of the, of the show, which will be uh, Wilder Cartagena, right? Uh, it's Orlando City. It's Orlando City player. I want to give a shout out to my partner or my friend, Alonso Contreras. He had the scoop uh, from the player itself. Um, I guess he, he knows people we don't know. And he was able to find this out. Now, who is Wilder Cartagena? As all you know, I have my Spanish podcast called Ladre el Fútbol, uh, which is available. It's actually on at 11.30 tonight. If you guys want to check it out. And uh, Wilder Cartagena is a player that it's a it's an eight and a six. He could play uh, as a six, so he could play Cesar Araujo's role, and he could also play as a number eight. So he could play as a Junior Urso's role. Um, now, the thing about Wilder Cartagena is that he's a very he's a very silky player when it comes to recouping the ball. So he's a player that plays strong, but doesn't result to fouling the opponent. He's very inventive in recuperating the ball and associating with both flanks, uh, right or left, to go into the attack. So I will consider him a box-to-box player. He's uh, very fast, um, and uh, he can associate very well, very well on the wings in transition attack. He played in Alianza Lima. He had a great season there. He's played in Portugal. He's played in uh, Mexico, in Argentina as well. He, he's done little stints here and there, and the reason is because of just letting his contract expire, not renewing. Now, I think in the MLS, and money too, right, money. But uh, I think in the MLS, he can definitely thrive. Now, is he a better player than Mendes? There are two different types of midfielders. Mendes, to me, is more of a defensive-minded player, in my opinion. He's more of like this big, giant pit bull trying to bite your ankles, right? And uh, and he will get a goal here and there. Wilder Cartagena, he is more of like a, like a boxer. He likes to jump. He, he can play rough, but he could also be very gentle. So, I mean, to see it, and now why I'm doing those comparisons because that's the easiest way to understand. Now, he's a box-to-box player, and he can definitely, in transition attack, when Orlando goes into the attack, he will be able to assist Facundo, look for Ruan, look for Gaston Gonzalez, look for Benji, you know, and I think in a tandem, in the in a mid with Cartagena, Araujo, and then as a 10, Mauricio Pereira, he would thrive because it will be very associated football right there and then. And as you guys know, Peruvian players love to play in one touch. They love to touch the ball once, run. They do the tiki-taka style. He's been known for doing this. And I think if you're looking to hold up possession even more, 
he is the type of player that not only will be able to hold up the possession and assist, but he'll be a player that can do the back and forth job that maybe at Aljo could be a solid six right there in the middle, uh, you know, and then he can do the back and forth associating himself with Facundo, with Gaston Gonzalez, with Benji, with Pato, with whoever's the striker right up top. So I think it's um, uh, it, it, he's coming for Sebas Mendes uh, you know, spot. From my understanding, it's he has a contract till the end of the year with the opportunity to renew uh, for 2023, right? Kind of similar to what Carlos Asquez had. Very similar, right? And uh, he's pretty much said goodbye to all his uh, teammates uh, back in his club in UAE, Itihad Calva, that's his name, and his uh, Paul Tenorio, which is who broke the news too, right? So he finalized a deal with Orlando City, announcing his imminent as final things sorted. In my opinion, it should be either within the next 48 hours, he should be already announced. Um, he bid his farewell to his club and here's his, um, his Instagram post. So it's a reality. He's definitely going to be a lion in my opinion. I think it's a great pickup for Orlando. Again, is low risk, high reward type of player. I think that's the type of signings Orlando's doing right now. They're not looking to sign a, you know, Ronaldinho, you know, they're trying to sign a Messi or Luis Suarez. Uh, Orlando's trying to sign players that are going to give them um, low cost, high reward. That's that's to me, and, and and this is perfect because for what's coming next for Orlando, I think, uh, and you're talking about playoff contention, you want to have a more of an attacking presence down the mid and take some of the responsibility of Mauricio Pereira's feet. That's your guy right there. Because then Araujo will be a solid six right in the middle. And then he could do the back and forth job. And then Pereira could retreat himself a little bit. So I think uh, he's a good pickup. Um, everyone in Peru uh, is very happy that he's joined the MLS. Everybody thought that UAE, going to the UAE, was um, from being in Argentina. Obviously, he left Argentina because of the money, because of the situation. Yeah, he was in Godoy. Yeah, he was in Godoy Cruz. Yeah, he was in Godoy Cruz. He he was he they offered to renew his contract for two seasons. He declined and he decided to go to this club. He then got in a fight with some of the fans from Godoy Cruz that disagreed with his decision. And then now uh he is uh part of Orlando City, which um he has a huge chance to definitely make it and uh be quite of an asset of a team. And I wouldn't imagine what that team's gonna look like in 2023. With Facundo Torres on right wing, Gaston Gonzalez on the left, and Mauricio Pereira as your 10. And then your two midfielders will be Wilder Cartagena, probably part of the team, Peruvian team for the qualifiers uh, for 2026. And then Cesar Araujo, right? And then up top, that's the thing. Who's going to be at top, right? Will it be Arjun Cara? You know, would it be Alexandre Pato? Right, yeah. so I think uh, Kara's are... an enigma. He's not hurt. Sources tell us he's just in the doghouse. Uh, he's well liked by his uh, teammates. Well liked by his teammates. I mean, the the guy is a uh, personality in the locker room. I would like to see him this weekend. Um, 
you know, whatever it is, again, you know, uh, they need to work it out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now, people are saying uh, on the comments, they want to know about Angulo, Brian Angulo. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, number 10, according to his uh, bio, uh, attacking midfielder. So, uh, he's I, a left I, winger, I, left winger. Is he a left winger? I, uh, um, his Wikipedia says he's an attacking midfielder. So I, I, I was excited about that because I, I said, oh, great, he's going to be uh, Mauricio Pereira's replacement. Because for those that don't know, um, Wilfredo Rivera is a number 10, and I always expected Rivera to, to sort of be uh, an understudy. But unfortunately, the age difference, the gap in talent, uh, you know, was, was not there. Uh, he was sent to... In the 11 in USL, hopefully our boy can get some deserved play time um, and better competition than what we have at, at OCB, uh, which is a story for another day. I, I feel that MLS is next. It's not living up to the expectations that they set for themselves. But, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, the guy has been on loan, has been in, in the Portu uh, Brazilian league. Um, you know, he had some experience with the, uh, the, the U20s and uh, U23s for uh, Colombia. Uh, don't know much about the player. No, none of our signings here, I can say that I'm an expert of. As a matter of fact, I think Luis knows more about the program. Yeah, he, he honestly, uh, I'll be honest with you, he is, uh, again, low risk, high reward. He's healthy. He is definitely has more experience than some of the players that are currently playing, uh, obviously playing in Conmebol, playing in Portugal, it, it gives you a different outlook in, in, in for the sport, right? Because you play a higher level soccer, right? Higher level soccer. And so, but he, in my opinion, he's, his stats are not good. I mean, uh, for the, I mean, I mean, he's a young player. He's been on the under 23 uh, team for La Selección Colombia. But again, it's a, um, Low risk comes on a on a on a on a free on, on a loan uh, from Palmeiras and uh, could be a high reward. And why is Orlando doing that? Because uh, Gaston Gonzalez, Gaston Gonzalez got injured, and uh, Oscar is seeing that he needs more of a presence, somebody that's able to on the one v one beat the de beat a defender. And right now. What we've been seeing on the left wing is turnovers. It, it, you're, you're, we're putting a lot of pressure on Joao Moutinho being that player that's going to go all the way to the to the to the attacking third and then all the way back, right? With Ivan Angulo because he's a fast player because he's a player that has played in that level of Conmebol, a tougher level. He'll be able to be that dribbler on that left wing, maybe a precursor to what Gaston Gonzalez is going to do in 2023, right? Now, obviously, Gaston Gonzalez, to me, is a better player, but he's definitely uh, – he's, he's going to definitely be um, – he's going to be better in, in the finishing part, in the finishing aspect of the play, especially on the left wing, in my opinion. Um, so let's see what he can do, right? I mean – uh, he's only played like 10 minutes in Palmeiras, in my opinion, and uh, zero goals. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of um, good stats, but let's say maybe Orlando is the team for him, 
right? Maybe Orlando is the team for him. How can we know that, right? Uh, from from the get go. But I think that's why um, the club brought him in because you know he's he has played in a high high competitive level uh, in very high competitive teams, and it comes at a very low risk for the club. And by the way, he already is with the team. Um, if you notice on the video that the team posted on Wednesday celebration, he was celebrating with the team. So that's that's good news. He's already with the team making those connections. That is super important to be connected with the team. So let's see what he can bring um, into the table. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So, um, you know, um, I appreciate um, everyone uh, commenting and, and obviously uh, make sure that um, – Keep checking us out, um, and hopefully we see in the 2023, you know, that big signing, right, that I think people are looking for, right? Just like when Nani came in, you know, maybe um, the front office could deliver, you know, high-caliber signing. You know, Luis Suarez just went to his boyhood club at Nacional de Uruguay. Um, is, you know, he, he had offers from the MLS, and uh, he decided, no, he, he wants to play with his boyhood club, and um, – all, all you know great for him right uh let's let's see what we can do uh, i think uh, you know facundo torres he is a player that is our dp he's a phenomenal player he has a lot of future but still he's a very young player right we need a little bit more of experience especially right up top in my opinion we need somebody that is more of a seasoned player and let's see what we can find right uh right up top in my opinion and also our defense right because some players I'm sure they'll 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 go to different teams um, next season, right? And and we'll see what Orlando can get. All right, let's read some comments. This is Colin Garvey. He says uh, one of the one area of need for for the winter is a proper backup replacement successor to Pereira. I don't think he'll be back next season. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I mean uh, he already had uh, I think two or three extensions on his original contract. Uh, again, we have said this many times, uh, he wants to retire in Uruguay. He wants to go back to Nacional um, because he wants to raise his child in Uruguay. All, all you know, reasonable reasons why he wants to go back. He's, he's at the end of his career, uh, super talented individual. But, uh, yeah, I agree with this. We definitely need uh, – we have seen what happens when he's off the pitch. I don't like it. I, I don't think anybody does. So we definitely need to find that uh, axis where our offense and defense basically pivots out of, and uh, that 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 should be top priority coming on in uh, in in twenty twenty three for this club. What are your thoughts there, um, Paola, of this question, successor of Pereira? If he's not gonna be here next season, we need to start now. To, um, to replace him. I don't like um, what I see without him on the on the pitch. Like David said, we see we see it yesterday when he got a little bit injured there. Um, hopefully, Ricardo Moreira and, and Luis Musi, they're doing already scouting, and I know that they're doing it already. So let's see what they bring. They, they know what they're doing, So I, I and, and them I trust. So let's see. Seth Antonio Rodriguez says, one last question. Laugh out loud. Is there any chance that one Brazilian youngster that we got from Brazil can break into the first team? 
I believe he plays for Orlando CDB, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Victor Yan, right? You're probably asking about Victor Yan from mm -hmm. Santos. Um, and also Nisar Mendes, right? Uh, Nisar Mendes Acosta. Um, that's uh, Seba's nephew. I think that's the bench we need. I think, I mean, you have a core group of players that are your starters, and these will be players that are young, exciting, and could change the pace of a, of a game. Now, um, have they had the chance in OCB? They've had some shining moments. We need to see those for the first team, of course. Uh, I, I think they can. They've played competitive. They're playing very competitive leagues. The Ecuadorian league is uh, ten times better pacing. It was one of the top leagues in in South America right now. The Ecuadorian league, and then when it comes to um, Santos, I mean that's, I mean that's the biggest club in Brazil in my opinion. And the Santos de Brasil, uh, Santos, so what Pelé played, Neymar played, you know. And so uh, talking to a colleague from Brazil, she's talked very good things about Victor Yan. He, she was very surprised that he did not stay with Santos for one more season, but because now Santos needs depth, and now he's not there. And he's in Orlando City playing in the second division. So um, let's, I think that if there's people that we could definitely give a chance and see if they can adapt to the first team, will be those two, in my opinion. Yeah. Bring them up because uh, we need the depth. This is a long season, right, Dave? Long MLS season. And if we want to get more silverware, we're going to need the depth. We're going to need and, the, those fresh legs. And Luis, and next year, we're going to be adding the uh, League Cup tournament. The, yeah, the league, League's Cup tournament. Yeah, exactly. We win. We're going to have CCL. But uh, next year in the summer, uh, MLS and Liga MX are going to suspend the season. And we're going to have a round-robin tournament. Uh, basically, uh, MLS is back uh, on steroids. And, uh, with uh, Mexican teams? Yeah, with the Mexican Yeah, League's Cup next year is going to be all the MLS and all of Liga MX playing together. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like uh, like I said uh, it's gonna be divided into groups. Top two or three uh, uh, teams in those groups are gonna move on. Then it's gonna be uh, winner go home, and then they're gonna crown a champion. And the winner is gonna get a cash prize and a berth in CCL. So it's quite possible that we may see more MLS teams into the CCL. Um, and to be honest with you, what I like about this tournament is that it's not at the same time as open cup and as, as the, um, as the league, because the, quite honestly, MLS teams with all the restrictions they have, we just don't have the personnel right. to go out there and, 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 and do three tournaments at the same time. We In did Greece. play last, last year on that, right? We played with no, Santos no, no. Laguna. Oh, that was different. Well, Santos Laguna was, was in the, all the old format, oh, which gotcha. was, if you finish top four top in four. each conference, then you go, but Got then, it. They saw how much money these tournaments are making. And they said, no, 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 no. Let's have everyone participate. Of course. Of course. So, money, yeah. Money, so. money. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, and it's great. I mean, are, are, uh, is Orlando going to be able to play at um, uh, at Exploria? Uh, yes, it's it's going to be uh, luck of the draw. It's luck of the draw. Uh, so we may find ourselves playing in Mexico or we may find ourselves playing at Explorer or somewhere else in the U.S. or Canada. 
That's fantastic. I mean, because I mean, Orlando has one of the most loyal fan bases in the in the MLS. So, I mean, let's say we just get one of the let's say Chivas, Orlando City versus Chivas. You understand that that stadium is going to be packed. In Guadalajara. How about or, that? Or Orlando City in Guadalajara, right? I mean, that brings new rivalries, new excitement. You know, like tacos against hamburgers. You're talking about, you know, uh, you know chilaquiles <laughs> against sriracha, right? I mean, you're talking about the tapatio against um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's Texas that? Pete. <laughs> Texas Pete. There you go. Huh? I thought. There you go. I yeah. mean, I think I think it'd be fantastic. It would be fantastic to see the colleagues also at the press booth from. Yes, absolutely, from absolutely. Um, with with Esquina, we we partner with the podcast that covers um, uh, Santos Laguna, which is Nacion Guerrera. I mean, the, it, we here in Orlando, some people like to say, "Oh, you know, we have the most listeners." Those guys on their Twitter alone had like twenty seven thousand people following oh, them. Yeah. And they decided to come into our show, uh, it, you know, like, I, I have to tell you, the most downloaded show in the history of uh, of, of the podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. And, you know, that's the beauty, like, like Paola, again, I, I keep quoting her show without giving her the opportunity to talk about it herself. Uh, you know, one of the things that Paola said on the show uh, yesterday was, I love the fact that the foot, the game of football, it's, it's just much more than just seeing 22 men kicking a ball introduces me to new friends, new people. Obviously, we all met through Orlando City. We have said I have said that a thousand times. But when you get to meet people from outside of the country, outside of the league, and you know, and and again, you know, just because we're competing, we don't we don't have to be contentious. We don't have to be you know hating on each other. You know, we can all be rivals for 90 minutes and friends for life, like I always say. So I, I think it's gonna be a great tournament, uh, and uh, next year it's gonna be awesome. For Orlando City, because yeah. again, we're going to be defending our Open Cup, like we said, and hopefully, we're going to have a revamped uh, roster that is going to take us to playoffs. Yeah, and and maybe and maybe that's the maybe that's the the plan for for the front office, right? I mean, Victoria and Nisarmenda, these are players that know what it is to play internationally in a high level. I mean, Brazil is the top league in South America. And Ecuador is maybe the third best league, in my opinion, there. So, I mean, these are players that have won already in, in their in their homegrown clubs. So maybe that's the case. Maybe that's our bench, you know. And maybe that's the extra that Pareja needs, you know. Uh, rather, you know, a, a good, solid backup from Moutinho or a, 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 a top-level you know, left left back, and then somebody that's gonna definitely carry that load. Playing against DC, playing against Miami, you know, Open Cup things like that. You know, we need to start having an A team, B team, and even C team, right, uh, for these tournaments. And um, that that's a consistency, right? So um, um, I don't know if we have any more comments here uh, before we go. Uh, no, we do not. Well, I, I wanna. Before we go, uh, any last words, Dave, that you want to say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to finish, I just want to remind everybody uh, this, uh, like I said, 15 points uh, on the table for the month of August. It's going to be probably our best and most relaxed month of the season. Uh, again, New England this Saturday. Please be there. Then we're going to go on the road against Red Bulls. Then we're going to go uh, on the road against Charlotte. 
then we are going to be welcoming New York City here at home, and we're going to close the month with Seattle. This week is very important because this week Rebels is playing twice. Columbus is playing twice. Uh, Charlotte is playing twice. And Miami is, is playing twice. So we definitely need those three points because these teams can leapfrog us if they win both of their games. Right. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Paola, any last words you want to say? Saturday, be there. Support the team. Um, also, David has um, mentioned my podcast with my fiance, Tiro de Esquina. Um, same concept that we have talked, but in Spanish. Um, follow us on Twitter at T Esquina Podcast. Follow us on YouTube as well, Tiro de Esquina as well, podcast. So don't miss it. It's just us talking about football, soccer in Spanish. So follow us, please, please, please. Thank you so much for the support. And one last thing, uh, legendary David, my vlog, Spanish and English on YouTube. I want to thank everyone that's been um, right now listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So uh, to everybody that's watching us live, uh, 13 people live at the moment. At some point, we're, I think, 20, 22 people. So thank you so much. Uh, we're growing little by little. I know that the podcast is about an hour and a half long, but uh, there's a lot of information. And uh, we, we didn't even talk about the pride that they tied against. You know, unfortunately, they they were winning 2-0 and then, you know, Kansas uh, woke up, right? Um, but at least Seb Himes still being that manager, that effective manager. They're on a, they're on right now, they have not lost a game. So let's, let's, let, let's root for Orlando City legend Seb Hines. Hey, Luis, last time that I checked, we had 422 subscribers. So if you have not subscribed, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, 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 please. Yeah, certainly. Uh, thank you so much to everybody. Uh, check us out. We're on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. Click on the notification bell for all notifications. We're also on Facebook and also as on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Um, thank you so much uh, for being part of the show. And vamos Orlando. Thank you so vamos much. Vamos Orlando. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore ORL. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. And on Twitter, as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And vamos Orlando.